Who are you going to call for all your karate needs? Honor Athletics, of course. 770-945-5150. HonorAthletics.com. And hey, guys, don't forget to use the code WILDCATDOJO as you're checking out for your 10% discount. As always, thanks, Honor Athletics. I second that emotion. I second it. <laughs> this is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to another show. I'm still Sensei Michelle, and I'm still with Sensei Jackie. Hi. And Landon. Hi, everyone. We're so lucky because we have a family of guests today. We have Stephen, Madison, and Morgan. All of them are from Western Florida, and they all train in Sensei David Shop's Fox Dojo. Morgan and her father, Stephen, have been training for four and a half, five years. But Madison, who's 12 years old, has been training a year longer than everyone else. And the other big claim to fame here is that Stephen just celebrated 18 years of marriage with his gorgeous wife. Hi, Jessica. Hats off to you. So welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. We are so glad to have you. Right, guys? Oh, yes. I'm so excited because I've known them for a long time. And also because finally you have some kids to talk with, so you don't have to be just with us boring people. Us. I didn't even think that in advance, but now it's totally in my head. Today, we're going to look at the life of Gichin Funakoshi. And some people call him the father of modern karate. No matter what you call him, he was a fine karate person and is definitely given credit with bringing karate out into the open and not having it be quite so secretive. Before we begin, I got most of the information from a site called Japan Karate Association, which loves him because it's a Shotokan site. Does anybody else want to say a site up front? Well, I got a, a lot of the information that I found was from the historyoffighting.com, which is such a different site because to me, once you get past all the ads, there are articles on Aikido and the Mongols versus the Japanese, just a lot of different articles about fighting. I made a note of that. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, we found uh, taekwondotimes.com had some interesting information and uh, shotokai.com. Cool. Okay, Landon, start us out here. Us. Funakoshi was born in Shuri, Okinawa in the year 1868 to a privileged class. Many people feel that he was of the samurai lineage. And although we did read that in the Japan Karate Association site, we didn't find evidence of it anywhere. So that's just what that site said many people feel. So I, I, I guess they think it too. We must be right then. <laughs> okay, I read that he's a November birthday. I saw that we, too. The I best month. All sources say that uh, Funakoshi started training at primary school and that his teacher was Master... Yasune Asato. And I found out that it didn't take him very long to surpass his teachers in, in technical ability. Okay, just a quick aside into more modern times. Master Collegian used to always say that a sign of a great teacher was to use his or her shoulders as stepping stones to create a karateka that was greater than they would ever be. Greater than they would ever be. That's the part I remember. Did any of you guys ever hear him say that? No, Sensei, we did not. And sometimes when he would watch competitions and there would be like a younger black belt with his teacher both competing and the younger black belt would win the competition, he would get so excited because that meant that the teacher had really done his job and created this fine, fine karate person. In, in that way, it seems to me a little bit like parenting because 
you want your children to have a better life than you had. Us. Exactly. Yes, Sensei. Well, I found that interesting because all that I found out about um, Funakoshi when he was younger is he was not a, a well child. He had to be on special herbs to overcome some ailments that he had, and that's where he met Asato. Oh. Do you know what was wrong with him? They didn't say. Huh. So he has that in common with Chojin Miyagi. Yes. Who invented Tensha to help him with his asthma. Anyway, back on track here. Jackie's going to pick it up. Well, I wonder if his early martial arts ability is what led Azato to introduce him to and encourage him to train with the best Okinawan karate masters. The Japan Karate Association site did mention that at a young age, he was noticed for his nobility of character. And I love that line, nobility of character. So the years passed and he, and I'm going to paraphrase a line from our own certificates here, continued to grow and train in the way of karate, studying both ruku style and karate jutsu. Madison, I think you have something about that. Yes, I do. A little aside from the Japan Karate Association site said that the kanji at the time translated to China hand. He is credited with later changing the translation of karate from China hand to empty hand. I think that's pretty interesting. I think that's cool too. Me too. Definitely. Let's jump a little bit ahead. His fame really grew with the first public demonstration that he had. Isn't that right, Sensei Jackie? That's exactly what happened. In 1922, at the age of 54, he held the first recorded karate demonstration of the Okinawan style of karate, jutsu style, to the Ministry of Education in Japan. It was so well received that not only did it become part of the physical education at the time, but he, Funakoshi, became a karate rock star. I love that term. Me too. A karate rock star. Our teachers should be rock stars, but we've had that discussion many times. We're not. <laughs> now we're supposed to leave our egos at the door, right, Sensei? Yes, we are. And, and I do believe that Funakoshi did do that, even though he became really famous. Karate became a, a part of everyday life for the first time. And, and that event caused other things too, didn't it? That event caused Jigoro Kano, father of modern judo, to invite Funakoshi to the Kodokan Judo Dojo to give a demonstration of kata. Huh. Now, I know that they became, yeah, it is. And I know that they became like partners in trying to push martial arts forward at the beginning of the 20th century there. Okay, Landon, take me home. In 1922, he published a book titled Ruku Kempo Karate. The content and the beautiful way it was written brought more accolades and more karate fame. He was a busy guy in the early 1920s. <laughs> so, that was the Roaring Twenties. He reminds me a little bit of Master Collegian, how in his 5th through 10th degree, he did so much writing. Back on track, Master Funakoshi was so well-received that people requested that he remain in Japan. So he began teaching in Tokyo, and his karate became so popular and spread so much that Master Funakoshi made his first Don ranking. He gave out his first first-degree black belt in 1924, which is super quick if he started that in 1922. Woo. Right, guys? Yes, and I thought it was quite something that he had the ranks of Don planned so that he knew what would be involved in giving ranks higher than Shoda. Uh. Well, I had read that while he was writing the book, that was part of what he was doing was organizing the material and getting right. ready to be able to 
take more than one person at a time through rankings. But it is exhausting to hear about all this. Can you imagine having done it all? Yeah, that would be really hard. <laughs> it would be tiring and yet rewarding, which is what all great accomplishments are. Us. Okay, let's finish up this part with some miscellaneous fun facts. And I use that term fun very generally. Okay, this story I found on the Taekwondo Times website. Funakoshi became an assistant teacher in Okinawa. And during this time with Asato, he had to practice at night to do his karate. And that story just reminded me of how all of our weapons um, backstories always say how they were forbidden at the time and they had to be farming implements. And then katas were studied as like religious ceremonies to get it undercover so they can keep that tradition going. And it was funny that this is 1868, I think, when he was born. And this is 1920s when he started doing Shotokan, that it still was there. He still had to practice at night. He wasn't allowed to practice during the day. I just found that an interesting story. That is really wild. And on that same note, Sensei Jackie did some research decades ago about the origin of the gi. And it found its origin in pajamas because people had to train at night. And they would sneak out of their homes in their pajamas. In their pajamas. And that was how the pattern for the gi was made. That's very cool. Hey, Madison, pick it up at more modern times. So many people wanted Master Funakoshi's training that in 1939, he established the Shotokan Dojo. Shotokan is named after Funakoshi's pen name, Shoto, which means waving pines. Kan means training hall or house, thus Shotokan, referred to the house of Shoto. That was a fun fact. Thank you. What else we got? With so many people learning karate, clubs became prevalent at universities. And that's even true in modern times. Karate clubs are very prevalent. I believe Sensei Chrissy started her karate in um, Gainesville. When she a lot of people did. Sensei Shop did. Yes, he did. Okay, we're going to finish this part out with which one? That would be me, Sensei. During World War II, the dojo was destroyed. But in 1949, followers of Funakoshi regrouped and formed the Japan Karate Association. And finally... On April 26th of 1957, at the age of 89, Master Funakoshi passed away. So there's a couple of places we can head off to here. Does anybody mind if I start with his book, which is Karatido, My Way of Life? I've read that book a few times, and I always find new and interesting things in it. Such an excellent book. I, I'd like to start there. Okay. So I, I looked it up on a site that I've used a few times in the past called Goodreads. It says that it was first published in 1975, and then again it was published in 1981. I know, that was a head-scratcher for me, too, because if he passed away in 1957, that means it was almost 20 years from the time he passed away to the time it was published. Since it's an autobiography, and that it actually was either published on a very personal level, like a lot of karate things are just within their own dojos, and not sent out to all people, or possibly not even published at all. But... He himself wrote the preface in 1956. And it's interesting. You can look it up online. In fact, they have the whole book online places. So you guys can look it up and see. I read a bunch of passages just because it was fun. So I think that was what, one of the first great karate books written in modern times. And I'm guessing that it was finally published after he passed. If somebody knows more about that and you want to correct me, gosh, do we ever love getting listener mail, don't we, Landon? I sensei, we love getting listener mail. You can visit our website at wildcatdojo.com. Visit our Facebook at Wildcat Dojo. Send us an email at dojoconversations at aol.com. And finally, you all probably know my favorite. Send us a voicemail or text message at 
350-1915. Okay. Sensei Jackie found a list of 20 Shotokan principles. And I also found some pretty cool quotes. So let's just jump in and see what kind of mischief we can get into. Start me out, Stephen. Well, I found number one interesting because I always thought the word Ray was the command to bow. I didn't know that the word actually meant courtesy. So I'm glad I get to read number one. Okay. <laughs> read it. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, karate Do begins with Ray and ends with Ray. Ray means courtesy and respect. And I think what you'll find here is that it has a broader or multiple or layered meaning. So that it means courtesy and bow. Okay, where are we at? Number two. There is no first strike in karate. I think I've heard Sensei Shop say that a few times. Well, and I think one of the meanings of that could be that karate as men is a defensive art form, so you want yeah. you aren't the attacking person. Yeah. Okay, what's next? Karate is an aid to justice. I've never heard that before, and I think it's very interesting. I, I love the fact that it goes with our podcast of gosh, was that about three weeks ago when we did the moral code and justice is on there? You've got to go back and listen to that one, guys, if you haven't, because it's just got some really great views on justice in general and how people sometimes mistake it with revenge. On that conversation stopper, let's move on to one I love. First, know yourself, then know others. Oh, yes. And I think it really goes with number five. Spirit comes first, technique second. I, I love that one too. I do too. It reminds me of those um, seven habits of highly effective people. And the number one is seek first to understand, the number two, then to be understood. So when I read that, I went into my, my business mode. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, know yourself first and, and then others. Uh, uh -huh. I love that because who you can control is you. You can't control what someone else is going to do or say to you, but you can't control your reaction to it. So, you know, know yourself first is, I think, very important. And I think spirit is also very important. And it doesn't necessarily mean an explosive spirit. It could be a very common patient spirit. That was great. Let's push on. Always be ready to set your mind free. And I, I really like that one. And I think that it speaks true to a lot of the things that we do in karate. And I also am reminded of when we did the Shaolin story and how important it was for the person going through the um, last exercise to let his mind see all things but not connect to just one thing. And what a difficult task that is day in and day out. Us. Well, Sensei Shop tells us that at the beginning of every class. Free your minds, leave your troubles at the door, then then courtesy bow in. So I totally know <laughs> number six very well. Nice. All right, number seven. Uh, misfortune comes out of laziness. Accidents arise from negligence. So I can't speak for everybody here, but I'm one of those people that if I'm going through my day and I drop something or hit my head on a doorway, I know for sure that I'm doing two mistakes. I'm traveling too quickly and I'm not having my mind in the moment. So I'll stop right on the spot. And even though it was you know, just an accident, I'm still taking responsibility for it, taking a breath and literally starting fresh. Us. Okay, I'm not sure exactly where I'm at. It's Morgan or Madison Morgan. or somebody. Do not think that karate training is only in the dojo. I like that because especially now our homes have turned into our dojos. 
Yes, and as a teacher, I always watch for when my student starts to consider the concept that the dojo isn't the four walls he or she walks into, but it's everywhere he or she is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, what's next? It will take your entire life to learn karate. There is no limit. One of my favorite things about karate is that sentence right there. Well, yeah, Sensei, we had a, uh, a guest Sensei come in and help us with some some self-defense ones, uh, Sensei Luigi, and he said he is a white belt for life. He's always learning, always open to learning, and I just internalize that. I love that phrase, a white belt for life. So. I love that. It goes with the story of the white belt to black belt and back to white belt. It does. You're right. That is a good story. Aldi number 11. Karate is like boiling water. Without heat, it returns to its tepid state. I have one on that. And that I always try to live by the idea that if you are not pushing on, you are falling back. You might not notice it right away, but it is happening. And what is the the hippie phrase? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to hear it. Me too. If you're not part of the something, ugh, never mind, sorry. Yes, but I want no. it really bad. Google it for us. You're not part see, of the solution. You're part of the problem. That's yeah, it. But that's not how hippies would have said it. Well, how would hippies have said it? In a hippie way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would have sounded more like Jerry Garcia and Janis Joplin and less like, well, as I, Janis Joplin once said, <laughs> holding a, a bottle of Jack Daniels. If you ain't part of the solution, all right, I'm going to just push right on beyond that. I can't tell you what I'm going to do when I, when I hear this, except for laugh again. Is it my turn? I don't think so. I think it's Steven. Sure. Make adjustments according to your opponent. And when I read this, I thought of the first time I sparred Sensei Weaver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes. He phrased it differently. He said, <laughs> I'm giving you the beating that you want. And I didn't know what he meant. So if your hands are high, he's attacking low. If your hands are low, he's attacking high. So thank you, Master Weaver. <laughs> That's a good story. Take the next one. Think of hands and feet as swords. Do you think that goes back to Taekwon, where he said one cut? It's a it's a nice way to, to think of your hands and feet, I guess. I guess. Whenever I read it, I thought of Wolverine's fingers, but <laughs> I'm very immature at heart. It's just your hands. <laughs> Shall we push from there then? Beginners must master low stances and posture. Natural body positions are for advanced students. We all love that line, right, guys? Us, definitely. When I read that, I thought about how you're conditioning uh, muscle memory, and you're doing it so so long, all the way through ninth cue up through you know your first on. By the time you get to your advancing, you've done it so many. Was it ten thousand times? Makes you an expert in something. That's where where my mind was going with that. Yes. And also the other thing that I think of there is the importance of a strong foundation. Listen, say. It's my turn. Okay. I, here I go. Practice prescribed sets of techniques exactly. Actual combat is another matter. I think that it falls back to the base, the foundation and the truth about fighting. And I think of it a lot, a lot in terms of like the letters of the alphabet, words, novels, and poetry. Ah. Everybody gets the same 26 letters, right? Yes. So it's what we do with it that is unique to us. Us. You got it, Morgan. Let's take it home. Be consistently mindful, diligent, and resourceful in your pursuit of karate-do, the way of karate. Okay. 
finishing up here with a few quotes that didn't make the cut of his 20 precepts. Who wants to read first? I'll read. Great. The ultimate aim of karate lies not in victory or defeat, but in the perfection of the character of its participants. Nice. Thank you. That's definitely one of my favorites. Oh, yes. Shall we go to the other one? Push on. I'll read it. Go ahead. (laughs) What you have been taught by listening to others' words, you will forget very quickly. What you have learned with your whole body, you will remember for the rest of your life. I love that line. I do too. And it's especially true right now as you, uh, as the students are doing virtual learning. It's especially true in all facets of life, not just in karate. Like I know it's, um, it's one of the basic tenets of Montessori training is hands-on. That's right. And another really good example is what is a, what a good teacher is sparring. Oh, yes. Yes. And so. Thus, I'll take the next one. You got it. When there are no avenues of escape or one is caught even before any attempt to escape, can be made then, for the first time, the use of self-defense techniques should be considered. Even at times like these, do not show any intention of attacking, but first, let the attacker become careless. At that time, attack him concentrating one's whole strength in one blow to a vital part, and in the moment of surprise, escape, seek shelter, and help. That is a very reality-based piece of advice. Would we all agree? Oh, yes. Is anybody going to go next? Stephen hasn't read one. Stephen hasn't read one. (laughs) Listen to One who truly trains in the way and actually understands Karate Do is never easily drawn into a fight. Well, now, see, I love that one because it goes with the one we were just talking about. That's right. I think it also reminded me of, to go back to your Wolverine and comic book theme, um, Spider-Man, that whole scene where he says, with great power comes great responsibility. So if you truly understand karate, you know how to defend yourself. And it's much easier to, to not when you have that power. And to the famous karate saying, if my karate is perfect, I never have to use it. I love that saying. I love that saying too. <laughs> and we have not said that one time on this podcast. This is our first time saying it. Oh, good. I didn't know that until just this minute. Cool and groovy. Oh, I was a hippie right there. There was your hippie line. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, here we go. When two tigers fight, one is certain to be maimed and one to die. That is one of my favorite quotes that I searched and read from him because to little children, when I'm trying to teach them not to become physical over every single thing that bothers them, I always say to them, when two people fight, two people get hurt. It's not like in the movies. When you just shake it off and walk away. It doesn't work like that. Oh, Sensei. It's also important for teenagers. I agree. I do think it's important at all ages. All righty. Um, why don't you take it home for me, Stephen? Oh, Sensei. It is important that karate be practiced by the young and old men and women alike. Oh, see, what a nice segue from what we were just saying. Did Funakoshi really say that? It was on the list of things that he said. I did not realize he was uh, so tolerant of women. Well, it was the early 1900s. It wasn't way back in the day. Well, that's true. But all I can tell you is on the Japan Karate site, that's where I pulled all these quotes from. And sometimes when I research somebody, I don't love the person as much after I've done the research as I did before I knew more about them. Has that ever happened to any of you guys? Oh, yes. But I respect him just as much now as I did before. So which part did you guys like better? Did you like better the part where we did the background or better the part where we did the quotes? What do you think, Sensei Jackie? Oh, it's so hard to say, Sensei. Um, but I really loved the quotes. 
gave us a lot to talk about and it, it brought Funakoshi into the dojos that we're in right now. How about you, Morgan? Which one did you like? I liked the background. Yeah, I did too. I agree with you there. Madison, weigh in. Um, I liked the quotes because I liked how they, how we all like made it come back to like what we're doing now and what our senseis always say. Which one did you like, Landon? I like both. I really can't decide which one was my favorite. Okay, Stephen, bring me home. I like the 20 Shotokan principles because they relate to our karate virtues very well, I think. And we see them all the time in our dojo. So it was nice to see them elaborated into 20 instead of our 10. Good point. And thank you all three for being here. And I hope to see you somewhere actual face-to-face very soon. Us too, Sensei. Thank you very much for having us. It, was, yeah. it really was my pleasure having you guys on the show. Okay, let's say good night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. I'm signing off for now. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.